0: Mostly. is some
1: paranormal evidence really just microclimates as, as always, always we're your host i'm pat
0: and i'm rebecca
1: so because of social distancing we are recording today's episode over zoom so please pardon the audio quality it might not be up to par as what we usually are at uh rebecca how have you been
0: um, you know as well as can be being locked up in my in my house um but you know making it uh, so uh, luckily, I'm still working, so that is nice. Um, and been uh, recording podcasts, so I, I guess I have stuff to do. How about you?
1: Oh, man. I've been actually, like, where a lot of people are slowing down right now, they're, like, on, like, a vacation. <laughs> I've been, like, working four times as much and um, also doing all these podcast things for these two gentlemen that we are going to be talking to Um They are two returning guests. We have Nick Mataragas. Hey, Nick, how have you been?
2: Oh, you know, I'm surviving. Uh, Cabin fever is definitely set in, but, you know, (laughs) it's normal for everyone right now. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. Uh, And we will be playing a clip because Ghostly was on Freak of the Week and you're the producer of Freak of the Week, right?
2: Yeah. um, Definitely not the host. Not the host. Um, Never on the show, even. It's very strange.
1: Yeah. Actually, he claims to never have met you.
2: This yeah, David he always Hickney, is guys. like, who's that? We we met once, like three years ago at C2E2, and okay. I told him how much I love him. It was weird. We were wearing the same shirt and everything, but I, I don't that, know. That He's was crazy. weird.
1: He's crazy. Yeah. And his hair looked like your hair, too.
2: Can we not talk about my hair today? Okay, yeah, well, yeah
1: we won't talk about your hair today. I know your hair is sensitive.
0: Well, yeah. Hickney is often wearing tinfoil on his head, so.
2: Well,
1: yeah, as you would True. expect. Yeah. And then we have Bob
3: Anderson from Bob After Dark. Bob, how are hey you? Bob. Oh, hey there, everybody. I am. Uh, I'm Bob with Bob After Dark. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: I feel like if I need an introduction at this point from Ghostly. I. It's just. It's good. I'm okay. Yeah. This is this fever. is your third time coming on the show, right? Yes, and um, if people listened to your last episode about the Conjuring House, I was mentioned quite several a times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're Kevin... almost
0: gonna get get catch up with Mondo as far as I, number of guests,
3: times. I know. Yeah, my, right. my plan is to actually replace Pat as the house skeptic um, when the day comes that I become a skeptic.
1: Okay. Well, now, now, Rebecca, you are definitely a believer, right?
0: Yes.
2: Nick, you would say that you're probably
1: more of a skeptic
2: than me, right? Um, I think I would term myself as a hardcore skeptic, yeah.
1: Hardcore skeptic? Wow. So what am I then? You're um, a,
2: a mild skeptic.
1: mild skeptic Skeptic. Skeptic. okay (laughs) now bob would you say that you're more of a believer than rebecca
3: i'd say me and rebecca are on the same page because me and her both keep like the same logical level
1: oh that's what you consider at a logical (laughs) level (laughs) i um There's, (laughs) all there's
3: right. <laughs> there's levels to believing, just like there's levels of in my opinion at least there's like levels of being a skeptic like you and Nick there's like the hardcore and then there's skeptic light. I feel like me and Rebecca are on the nice level of believing, and then there's like the true believers that there is no such thing as you know probable doubt or anything like that. there's no such thing as scientific b- uh, understanding of what's going on, kind of like Hickney over at Freak of the week that mm. that guy that guy is uh that guy is on the top scale of believing. <laughs> and then there's me and Rebecca. That guy, <laughs> okay, if I sneezed and my tissue came out looking like a Sasquatch, that guy would believe that there was something there.
2: Yeah, no, he believes in nostril squatch. <laughs> nostril you know, squatch? Nick, you, look, yeah.
3: you know, before we go on, Nick, I actually got to meet the doc at C2E2. We came to the Paranormal Fan Meetup, and uh, you look a lot like him. This is
2: what I hear. I mean, I've only met him the one time, and obviously – you never notice yourself. Like people tell you, you look like somebody and you're like, I don't look like that person at all. So I don't get it, but I guess other people see that.
1: Mm. And, and you kind of look like this Spiro guy that we were watching <laughs> yesterday on Memorium developments page.
2: Oh gosh. We found that guy off the street.
1: <laughs> oh, he really was great oh. though.
0: He was hilarious. It's out on Facebook uh, Memorium developments page. Uh, everyone should go watch it. Like that was, he was great.
2: Well, what does he do? He's a very bad fortune teller. So he does like tarot readings and he read he read somebody's palm. They send him a photo and like he he channels the you know the dead. All the normal psychic things. Yeah, he was reading
0: wow. uh, fortunes for celebrities. That was great.
1: <laughs> and Andy read one for me. Which uh, I really don't yes. like my fortune. That was not that was not good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this is going to be a very special episode. I mean, I know today is April Fool's Day, but this is not going to be a prank episode. Uh, I thought we would do something different, though. And has anyone ever watched the TV show You Can't Do That on television?
0: I'm old enough for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Bob, you probably are not old enough for that, are you?
3: I've seen it. Thanks for calling me out on my youngsterness. But yes, I've seen it.
0: <laughs> Alanis Morissette was on it. That's the claim to fame.
3: Yeah. Slime, so- that
0: they started the sliming.
1: So on there, they did a thing called the introduction to the opposites. And it would start off with something that you wouldn't expect to go one way and actually turn out to go another way. Like the kids would say, I'm not going to do my homework today. And the parents would say, thank God. You know, Ah, That was the introduction to the opposites, you know. (laughs) So I thought on April 1st, instead of having April Fool's Day, that we do a skeptic day where Rebecca takes all of my roles and I take hers. So I wanted to make this about something that we've had a bit of a inside joke about on the show and off the show, um, microclimates. So who here believes in microclimates? Yeah. Hopefully
0: all of us believe that things exist. Yes, exactly.
1: (laughs) All right. So we're back. We all
0: raised our hands for the audio. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Uh, so, Rebecca, what do you usually do at this part?
0: Uh, so, this is the part, uh, we start off the episode with some listener mail.
1: Oh, okay. Well, this week's listener's mail actually comes from Bob. So, he's on here. So, I don't have to read it. So, uh, you he pawned
0: sh- off the listener mail. I have. I
1: have. I have.
3: And Pat not only pawned off the listener mail on me, but he pawned the listener mail off of me off of a fan of mine for listener mail on my show.
1: Well, you did post it on Ghostly Society. You did.
3: I did. Which, if you guys aren't on Ghostly Society, you should all be on Ghostly Society. It's one of my favorite like paranormal like Facebook groups that I frequent all the time now. And I post a lot on there. And it's easy for you to be a skeptic or a believer or if you just have simple questions. I know I'm plugging a group that's not mine, but I help moderate it. So you uh, Ghostly Society, go check that out.
2: You and Nick are both moderators on there. It, it's great. I mean, I, I'm a, you know, a hardcore skeptic, but I feel like everything that gets posted in there is haunted. pretty
0: much yes everything that gets posted
2: all
1: right so bob you had a very interesting article that you shared with us about foo fighters saying that ghost disrupted recording uh of one of their new albums
3: Yes. So do you want to
1: go ahead and tell us about that?
3: I do. So this was actually sent in from one of my fans James. Um, He wanted my opinion on the Foo Fighters 10th album and I was like what are you talking about? And I guess apparently Ghost nearly ruined it for the Foo Fighters. Now if you don't know who the Foo Fighters are, they're a band with frontman Dave Grohl who played in a small band called Nirvana. I don't know if you guys ever heard of them.
1: Nirvana?
3: Nirvana. They were big in a decade called the 90s i don't know if you oh. know
1: that i don't Barely. remember much of the 90s actually yeah, no. to tell you the truth
3: i remember
2: pearl jam
0: <laughs> that was one i remember that nick
1: don't even start with that today <laughs>
3: all right so the foo fighters reported like, i'm gonna be reading this word for word from the rolling stone article there is a bit of um uh how do i put it some derogatory comments and a lot of uh family explicit talk, so I'm just going to skip over the word, those words, so excuse me if there sounds like there's blanks in between sentences. But uh, the Foo Fighters reportedly faced something entirely new while making their upcoming 10th album, Ghosts. Uh. Dave recently told Mojo that the house in NNCO, California, a 40s construction where they recorded had a sinister past. When we walked into the home in I knew the vibe. Encino. Encino. Thank you. My yeah. apologies. Oh, so,
0: man. It's the age thing. Okay.
3: There was a Brendan Fraser movie <laughs> called Encino. <laughs> because
0: hashtag, hashtag
2: we are all Brendan Fraser. We are all Brendan, all Brendan
3: Frazier. Frazier. <laughs> are oh, <laughs> Guys, look. Now, look, in true fashion, this wouldn't be a ghostly thing with me if I didn't mispronounce something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Easter like Island the Easter
3: Master. Island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I knew the vibes were definitely off, but the sound was on. Rule set according to NME. We started working there and it wasn't long before things started happening. We would come back to the studio the next day and all of our guitars would be detuned or we'd have settings put up on the board and they would have gone back to zero. We would open up a pro tool sessions and the tracks would be missing. And there were some tracks put on there that we didn't put in there at all. Just weird open mic noises. Nobody playing an instrument or anything like that. Just an open mic recording a room. And we'd be zero on the sounds within that. And we didn't hear any voices or anything decipherable, but something was happening. The group attempted to document the paranormal phenomena with a nest cam to take video of the studio when they weren't there. We started things on a nest cam we couldn't explain, Gould said. So he took it, home, he took it to the homeowner who detailed the house illustrious past, but Gould won't say what he found out. I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement with the landlord because he's trying to sell the place, he said. So I can't give away what happened there, but in the past couple of occurrences over a short period of time made us finish the album as quickly as we could. And lo and behold, they were actually able to finish the album and one of the songs that uh, one of the songs on the album actually features a riff that Gruel has been referring to for the past 25 years. So he's been refining this riff for a while. Wow! And uh, awesome. that's the story of how Dave Gruel and the rest of the Foo Fighter became Ghostbusters. Uh, <laughs> I love that
0: Dave Gruel is a believer. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Well,
3: I, I mean, I'm the only musician
1: out of all of us. Um,
0: well, yeah, so- Nick, what
1: do you play? <laughs> I I play the kazoo. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I I'm the only musician out of all of us. I've
0: played before in my life.
3: But no, I'm I prepared find... for a debate on this. Um... I know, I
0: was just saying, well, this is not, we don't debate the listener, <laughs> no, I know, but I know,
3: I'm waiting for Pat to come out and say something, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, I'm just going to say, in my experience, my guitar needs to be tuned every single day. So I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. you know, That's just, That's just my thought on the matter, but I'm not going to debate it. I'm just going to let it be, let it soak in there. And then we go right to the ghost story, right?
0: Uh, No, you always want to skip this part. In fact, you have to read this part this time.
1: Oh, uh, (laughs) I I don't want to. This is this is the hard part for me.
0: Yeah, he uh, really tried to get out of this, guys. He was like, I just don't know how to do it. it like I could like like you couldn't do the math, quote unquote. You know? So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do the math. I'll I'll figure out the percentages for you.
1: Yeah, so Rebecca did the math on this one. <laughs> so just so you know.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Uh so in our last episode we talked about the conjuring, right? And uh it was sixty forty. So now time for the ghost story.
0: Uh what was the sixty? What was the forty?
1: One of them was yes. One of them was no. I mean, it's, you know, that's how that works.
0: Do I have to read the polls this time?
1: No. uh, Yeah. So believers, it was 60%. Skeptics, 40%. Uh, So, I mean, but I I actually think we did a pretty good job getting to 40%. I mean, I really thought it would be a landslide for that one.
3: Pat, can I ask you a question? Yeah. How many episodes have you won?
1: Hmm. uh i i didn't put that on a spreadsheet i i had one for a while but then i stopped because it made me cry
3: it's probably like four or five maybe the kwan hotel man that was one of the few i ever
1: i used to win them all in the beginning before rebecca started doing the polls (laughs) (laughs) as soon as she started posting the polls then i started losing yeah
2: I think it's yeah. it's a, it's a it's a lack of skeptic voter turnout is what it is. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Okay. Um, but that one was
1: pretty close, though I would say. So I'm pretty happy with that. All right. So I do have a ghost story. So Rebecca, you cannot talk during this story.
0: No, we cannot talk during the story. I want you to set the mood.
1: All right. So here goes. And this is a true story, by the way. Uh, Not like Rebecca's ghost stories. I did not make this up. I didn't add to it. It isn't taken from another story. This is a a true story, 100%.
0: (laughs) Okay. You and
1: your friend decide to go to St. James at Sag Bridge Catholic Church one night. All of your friends have nicknamed it Monk's Castle. They say that if you go there late at night, the monks will come out and force you to leave or they'll hold, hold you until the police arrive and arrest you for trespassing. It's an autumn day, but it's not all that windy. It's eerily calm, actually. And you and your friend pull the car over on the side of Archer Avenue, known for being the most haunted road in the Midwest, at least. It's so dark that you can only see a single light that illuminates the entrance to the church's gray and foggy grounds. You both enter slowly, so not to be seen by the monk. There's a steep incline as you go up the hill that eventually leads to where the monks live. You both are terrified to be there, but you need to be able to tell your friends that you accomplished going there at night. To the right, there is a church. It is smaller than you had imagined, but you keep going up the hill, for this is not why you came here. Finally, to the left, you see a cross on a small pillar. The cross glows, haunting blue from the way the moonlight hits it. This is it. The cemetery at Monk's Castle. You slowly start moving into the cemetery, trying your best to keep on the gravel pathway. Headstones that look ancient surround you. You become slightly confused by which direction you are facing. And then you realize that you're no longer on the gravel pathway. You move to your left and suddenly the cold hits you. It comes on like nothing you've ever experienced. The drop in temperature is at least 15 degrees from two steps before. Is this the cold they tell you that you feel when ghosts are present? Your friend trips on a headstone. And with that, the, with the noise, the lights in monks... The monk's living quarters go on. You grab your friend and start running as fast as you ever have. You hear a door open and someone yell something. You hear footsteps behind you as you make your way to the entrance again, but you don't stop. You run faster because you see the car, now that your eyes are more adjusted to the dark. You make it back to the car as you see a figure emerge in the entrance light. You speed off, not saying anything for at least 15 minutes. You're safe for now. Ooh. That's the skeptic story there.
0: All right. Now, are you yeah. going to bring this up later for us to uh, debate?
1: Yeah, I, I am going to use that as my fourth piece of evidence.
0: Okay, so everyone just, you know, have but that in w- your mind. <laughs> I will tell
1: you that this was me
0: okay Story. Oh. Mm. so you does the that change anything over the for headstone? you guys no
1: I was, <laughs> it was my friend Okay. Yeah. which I will not name because I have not asked the person if I can say that and no it's not Mondo
0: I was thinking that the whole time I'm like is this Mondo <laughs>
1: no it wasn't Mondo No, I don't think I ever went there with Mondo actually um,
0: well I think we'll definitely do a Monk's Castle episode at some point for sure
1: yeah definitely definitely All right, so maybe we should go ahead and take a break before Rebecca does the history. Ooh. Yeah. See you in a second.
0: Hey, Ghostly Society. It's Rebecca. How you doing? I hope Ghostly is bringing a little joy to your life. Want to know a way you can spread that joy into all of your life? Buy some ghostly gear. We've got ghostly shirts, sweatshirts, even cute little onesies. We even have hashtag team believer. And well, I guess hashtag team skeptic too. Visit ghostlypodcast.com slash store to get your ghostly merchandise today. ghostlypodcast.com slash store. All right, we're back. You guys yeah. ready for some uh, history? Well, it's yep. not really going to be so much a history today as it's going to be a science lesson.
1: But uh, wait, we could you, talk during this, right?
0: Th- this you can talk during, <laughs> yes. I, You're not going to make me be you, silent. Okay. No, you don't need to be silent. In fact, I'm actually going to start with uh, letting you guys talk. So uh, we're going to learn about microclimates today. Ooh, right? yeah, That's yeah. what we're talking about. Um, so and to start, I thought I'd ask the group, what are examples of microclimates that you've experienced? We'll get to the science of it in a minute, but uh, I'm guessing that most of us can think of some examples that we've experienced. So, Bob, why don't you start us off? Can you think of a...
3: Never. Every time I come across one of those cold spots, it's always a ghost. Um, All right, uh, Hickney. (laughs) Joking aside, there has been times when I have, like walk through the house and I'll just randomly start getting hot, which would be the complete opposite of a cold spot. Mm -hmm. So I would just randomly start going through and I would start feeling like hotter as things go on. Just that would be ventilation issues or, you know, things that go up versus down. And I do know microclimates can work either way. So yes, they can. Most of mine have always been more, I don't want to say the word like heat stricken, but I would just go (laughs) in and I would automatically become more like warmer. Okay. To the next
0: pat how about you what's an example of when
3: well besides the story
1: i just told mm-hmm. the skeptic story uh i would say san francisco when mm-hmm. i've been there uh mm-hmm. there is a lot of microclimates you can go from like one house to the next and it is like 15 degrees difference so what about you nick
2: well i, I think you made a good point there with with san francisco uh i'm I don't look it, but I'm. I like to hike, um, and so when you're on the trail, <laughs> sometimes you hit cooler or warmer spots, and I think a yeah. lot of it has to do with with changes in elevation. So if there's mm-hmm. a dip in the trail or whatever, it changes that 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 temperature, that feel. Um, also, when there's weather like weather fronts coming in, mm-hmm. sometimes pockets of that front will hit you before the rest of it, and so that can actually be uh, part of it as well. I've had that experience as well. True. Yeah.
0: Good. Uh, And for me, I was going to mention just because we are Chicago people um, that we are by uh, a lake. So when you are downtown Chicago, the temperature is often very different than it is outside of Chicago. Uh, And that is often because of the lake. So it's interesting in the winter. For at least the first half of the winter, it's warmer in the city because the warm air from the lake, which is still warm from the summer, is coming into the city. But then it flips, and in the summer at the beginning, it's colder in the city because the wa- the water is colder. So then that uh, that affects the way that the city feels. Um, yeah. So
1: my work is actually moving right. Right next to the lake. I mean, Mm. I will be on the lake. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of nervous about that because I don't like to be too hot and I don't like to be too cold. So... (laughs) It's well, got it's got its extremes.
0: It does. It definitely does. There's wind with that too and, and all sorts of things. So all right, so hopefully that gives us all a general understanding of what microclimates are, but I did want to dive a little deeper into the word itself and the science, and then maybe give some of those uh examples um that that we think about. Um so my sources for this episode are Wikipedia, but also Encyclopedia Britannica, um the OED, the Oxford English Dictionary. Oh, um, the
1: OED. The OED. <laughs> Yeah, you know me. Uh,
0: you know, if you're looking for it, honestly, if you're looking for a really interesting book to read in your quarantine, it's, it's a dictionary. It's,
3: it's a dictionary. No, no, uh, it's, dictionary. it's
0: called the professor. The professor and the madman. Um, it's about the creation of the dictionary. It was in, oh, okay. it's by a crazy man um, who killed people. So super oh, that, interesting. That makes sense. Actually, yeah, <laughs> it's actually a really interesting book. Um, but anyways, uh, and then there's some really interesting YouTube videos that I found that I'm, of course going to definitely put in all the the show notes for everybody um if you're a gardener and it seems like pretty soon we're all going to be gardeners (laughs) because we're just going to be too bored and have to go outside uh you'll definitely want to check these out because there's some some interesting stuff there okay so looking at the word uh well obviously microclimates themselves have have existed since ever um the term itself is not So now Wikipedia says the term originated in the 1950s. But a quick look at the OED, the Oxford English Dictionary. I love that that
1: you abbreviate that.
0: (laughs) That you use it so much that you have to abbreviate it. I'm an English teacher. That's what we call it. um, (laughs) Says that its first use was in 1925. So uh, it was in a journal about fungus. Oh,
1: I don't like fungus. Kind
0: of makes sense, though, if you think about it. Because, um, you know, fungus grows where things are humid or on the side of a tree where the... Wind hits or doesn't hit. I don't, I, I don't know all the science about the fungus, but it makes sense to me that they would be interested in microclimates. Um, it is a noun uh, and it falls in the study of meteorology and ecology.
1: So wait, we can't use this as a verb like microclimating?
0: Right. So I guess you could. English works that way. English works that way. But okay. (laughs) Um, So the actual official definition is the climate of a small or restricted area or of the immediate surroundings of an organism or object of interest, especially where this differs from the climate generally. To me, that is one of those definitions that I would need to read, like, five times, and I would still struggle to kind of put it <laughs> together. Uh, but basically, a microclimate is when the climate of an area is different than the regular climate around it. Hmm. Make sense?
1: Definitely, okay. yeah.
0: All right, so I think we've kind of already started uh, with some of these, but there are six main things that can cause a microclimate. Um, so there's the sun, obviously, one. right? One. Um, one, And uh, the way we think about it with the sun is the solar aspect. So where it is in the sky and how close it is to the earth um, can definitely affect uh, things at different times. Uh, and I'll give some examples of that later on. Uh, one, uh, the second one, Nick already mentioned. Two. Two is topography, which is hills, caves, right slopes. Um, so I found an example um, out there: south-facing slopes in the northern hemisphere and north-facing slopes in the southern hemisphere are exposed to more direct sunlight than opposite slopes are, and therefore wow. warmer for longer periods of time. So depending on which side of the hill you're on, um, so giving the slope a warmer microclimate than the areas around the slope. Uh, Sounds like a
1: bunch of science there.
0: I know, so much science. This is very (laughs) nerdy for me. I love everything about doing this. Uh, Mm -hmm. I haven't lectured in a while, so sorry. Um, (laughs) The lowest area of a glen may sometimes frost sooner, right? So, like, if you, you know, if you look out, like, if you're staying somewhere and there's a hill, right, and if you look down at the bottom of the hill, that part of that valley, right, might freeze over sooner, than the higher elevations. Um, and then uh, because the cold air sinks, right, a dying breeze may not reach down to the bottom level. The humidity lingers, precipitates, and freezes. So the right. topography is a big one. Um, soils, so the type of soil found three. in an area. Three, sorry, three. Uh, found in an area can also affect microclimate. So soils that are heavy in clay can almost be like pavement, which we didn't talk about with the cities, but we will. But that can kind of reflect back right the the sun um and ma- change the ground temperature um or i didn't realize this if soil has many air packets then the heat could be trapped um underneath the topsoil resulting in um, more um, frost on the wow soil yeah. all right four, four four water bodies so i already talked about lake michigan right so anytime we've got a body of water that could absolutely cause microclimates around it Five Five. built structures. So even a house can cause microclimates. Um, You know, I mean, I think a simple way to think about that would just be the shade. That we get from a structure certainly can sure. cause temperature to be uh lower in that area than around it. Um, and certainly urban areas with skyscrapers and tall buildings have a lot of microclimates from those. Um, all right, last one. six,
1: six. Is six. six things.
0: Six things. Oh, sorry. Is uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. uh vegetation. So trees, plants, um, trees, certainly, again, with shade, I mean, on a very basic level, um, but certainly also depending on what kind of plants they are, they might release more humidity or take up more sunlight. There's a lot of things that can happen with vegetation. So how are we doing so far?
1: So far, I'm good. All right.
0: Any comments, questions, thoughts?
1: I'm going to win this one, so, I mean, I'm excited.
0: (laughs) All right, I think the most interesting thing that I learned while researching microclimates is how they're often either done on purpose or used purposely. So one video that I watched was from an urban farmer. His name is Curtis Stone. It, now the oh video Curtis also, Stone, yeah. <laughs> the video is from a few years ago, but his YouTube <laughs> channel is pretty awesome. Uh, I like. I said I'll definitely put a link out to it um, because he um, shows you how you can basically like make money from planting in your your yard. Like he just. I like money. Yeah, right. And then you sell it at like farmers markets or whatever. So, uh, but anyways, he talks about how he uses the sun aspect and uh, and his neighbor's house. Like he he plants on his neighbor's house. Um, like or on wait, he yard. plants
1: on his neighbor's <laughs> house? Sorry, sorry, no, at his, oh, in his okay. neighbor's yard. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, okay, um,
0: but he uses it to actually create a warmer climate. Um, for wow. one of his summer squash beds. So it's like there's just the way that it traps the heat or whatever. Uh, and then on another video from Oregon State. Um, They talked about how you can use vegetation to understand the the microclimate or just the, you know, kind of help you make decisions about what you're going to do in an area. So he talked about if like if a hill has a certain type of fire flower on it that means it's more likely to have fires so there's like these what's flowers. a fire flower yeah it's a oh. flower that does play mario
2: brothers <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well it's funny you asked that pat i'm just about oh, to tell okay.
2: you <laughs> <All> right,
1: good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> these flowers do really well when they periodically experience fires right like we've kind of heard about that like controlled burns wow. right like that actually help can help the ground and everything so, if you find these flowers growing on a hill, especially one that faces the the wind, like blowing on it, then you know that there's probably a lot of fires that happen, and so you should not build a house on top of that hill because it's very likely going to have a forest fire or something on it. Wow, <laughs> Super interesting. interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I was, <laughs> I like learning about microclimates.
1: <laughs> Good. I'm glad you do because I'm going to use it a lot.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, nothing so far, by the way, has changed my beliefs of things that happen, but I mean, I'm just...
1: Oh, I'm going to. All
0: right. So now, lastly, we already talked about some of the famous ones, but I just wanted to bring up some well-known microclimates. Um, Just Pat brought up San Francisco, right? Um, Coastal areas are the most likely to have microclimates because the ocean obviously a huge body of water um, and it's going to affect everything around it um, and San Francisco I think is one of the most well-known areas just because it kind of does it have like a isthmus or like a island you know it kind of goes out into the water I a little bit I think it dips
1: down too so i think it's yeah there's a ton
0: of elevation issue you know topography yeah. that we talked about um, so it'll in general the city kind of stays a similar temperature and it's uh, usually very uh, it's usually cooler Um, than what's around it. So like I used to stay with a friend um, out like an hour out of San Francisco and it was always warmer there than in the city. Um, And then they'll get the fog, right? And kind of just just different uh, microclimates basically um, throughout the city. Mm -hmm. And then another one that I read about that I thought was interesting was Chesapeake Bay um, has a subtropical microclimate. So Chesapeake Bay, right, is like on the eastern seaboard, right, kind of there. So it's most notable for its mild climactic effects uh, on the area east and west of the lowlands of Maryland. And I don't even know what Delmarva is, but I just...
1: Oh, Delmarva, yeah.
0: This is on Wikipedia. Uh, Having over 64,000 square miles of water, which is a mix of fresh and salt water, creates a higher level of humidity and heat in the spring and summer months. An example of this effect is the survival of tropical palm trees and plants like water uh, hyacinths in the area. So if you go to Chesapeake Bay, you can find palm trees wow. in certain areas.
1: Hmm, I didn't know that.: crazy.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, so uh, we also we've talked a little bit about city urban areas just in general, often have microclimates, um, a lot of times unintended. So from Urban Hub, uh, undesirable urban microclimates are a global phenomenon. In Atlanta, the number of thunderstorms rises in line with increases in road traffic. Um, Mm. In the 1950s, London's naturally occurring fog became denser, more polluted by the increase in car traffic and coal-fired energy emissions. So in other words, man-made things can change the climate as well. Um, The microclimate most people think about is the urban heat island. So, like you know, of
1: course, that's what I think of when I think of microclimate. Well, when we think of cities, right?
0: It's not just about (laughs) the buildings, um, but it's actually the asphalt and the sidewalks. The fact that there's no green reflects the sun, um, and so actually can make things hotter in general um, than outside of a city. So in Melbourne, the temperature is higher than the surrounding less-urbanized areas. The average temperatures in Tokyo have risen by 3 degrees Celsius over the past century, while only rising 1 degree Celsius for the country as a whole. So they definitely affect the way air moves, um, and they cost us a lot of money. Um, Not Mm. to get on a little bit of an environmental high horse, but um, because it's hotter in the city, it costs more money to make people to use air conditioning and make things cooler. Makes sense. Mm Yeah. Now (laughs) I just had one last one that surprised me. We create microclimates.
1: What? Like me?
0: Yeah, everybody. So one (laughs) that they talked about was when we sit for a long time on certain surfaces. Especially, (laughs) well, I mean anywhere, but especially like if you're sitting on plastic or like if you go out to like a like a ball game or something, what happens when you stand up?
1: Uh, I usually um, get a little disorientated, maybe a little vertigo. Is that what you're talking about?
0: No. No. My
1: joints creak. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What happens to your pants?
1: Uh, Whoa. I (laughs) I didn't think we were going to talk about this, but yeah. No, they stick sometimes.
0: Yeah, they might stick to you. Sometimes you have a weird wet spot potentially yeah. on your pants so you're kind of that's why women we always have to think are we going to wear white pants stop looking at my
1: butt Rebecca Jeez. <laughs> uh
0: but it's because you know week when you're sitting you're creating moisture and heat and you're creating a microclimate um and they actually study this because they have to be really careful for people that are in wheelchairs um oh yeah, yeah. they you know obviously aren't getting up and
2: you know and it might maybe. be
1: like a tornado or something with the microclimate they're creating <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Yeah, okay. I mean it's hot, it's cold, it's like, you know. I was thinking fungus,
2: but yeah, it's <laughs> totally tornado. Yeah, tornado. <laughs> <laughs> <be>. All
0: right. <laughs> okay, so that's what I've got. That's what I got. Any All right. any questions or th- things that you you does, know about microclimates that I didn't talk about?
2: Does the wind tunnel effect between buildings count as a microclimate then? Like mm, when you're walking? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, wind
0: wind definitely yeah. plays a part of that. Definitely, Yeah,
2: sure. Yeah, I think all of us have spent time enough in Chicago to have felt that one quite, oh, yeah. quite well.
0: There are times where literally you're walking backwards. <laughs> 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 I've, I've been, I, I, like I can't move forward because it's... By slippery. the
2: way,
1: that might be some of my evidence. Mm. So I'm just saying. Okay. All right. Uh, so maybe we should give everyone a short break before we get into the debate. You guys good with that? Sure. Yes. All it. right. See you in two and two. What? <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. What I've learned over the last couple of years is the key to a really good podcast is two things. Getting plenty of Apple Podcast reviews and lots of caffeine. You can help us with both of those. Head over to Apple Podcast, write us a review, and if you feel up to it, you could even buy us a cup of coffee. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash ghostlypodcast or just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on the Buy Us Coffee You can sign up for a membership or a one-time donation to us. It would really be appreciated. Okay, everyone, welcome back. And uh, now we're going to get into the debate. Uh, Rebecca usually presents evidence to us, or to me, and then I have to debate it. But this time, since we're doing the opposite, I'm going to present the evidence to them, and then we can all have a talk about it. Um, So the question of this episode was, I'm scrolling back, is some paranormal evidence really just microclimates? So that's what I am setting out to try to prove. And um, my first bit of evidence is a past episode of ours, the Iroquois Theater. So, uh, one of my first pieces of evidence is the alley outside of the, what is it called, Netherland, ne- Niederlander
3: Netherlander
1: Theater?
0: Neterlander. Neterlander.
1: Mm. Unst. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, it is in downtown Chicago. Uh, this was home of one of the worst theater fires in history. And you can go back and listen to that episode. Uh, it's it's the Iroquois theater fire episode and this all happened on December 30th 1903 602 people died in this theater and most of the people died trying to use the fire escape from the second floor it appears that the fire escape was not installed because they were rushing to get the place open and um yeah well when people go down you just
0: can't help doing the history I don't
1: I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, when people go to this alley, they talk about the cold spots as one of the pieces of evidence that there is paranormal activity there. So this alley that all these people died in is a heavy urban area where brick, concrete, and asphalt are located. Those are all things that we talked about just a second ago. It's also in between two buildings that cast off a lot of shade. Oh, they are
0: so rude, It's amazing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And this is the perfect location for a microclimate. Also, I wanted to bring up that a person uh, that is responsible for first saying that the place is haunted has actually come out and said that she made it up. She shall remain nameless for this episode, though, Mm. because I have not talked to her about coming clean with this on Ghostly. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Though uh she also said that since then there's actually been quite a bit of stuff that's happened. She just didn't know that it was there. Oh,
1: okay. Well maybe it's because now people believe it's haunted. So <laughs> anyways, Rebecca, so how would what would you say about this? Bit oh, you of want evidence? me to start? Yes. Okay. You're the first one.
0: All right. Uh, well so for me, um this is one where the alley itself is all the same, right? As far as there's the brick, concrete, the, it's it's um, between buildings. So to me, it, the microclimate is the whole area. So if within this microclimate there are areas that are different, that's not to me that that means something. I mean, it's not like, <clears throat> I mean, if there was if you were saying, well, while I'm in the alley, it's cold, and when I leave the alley, it's not cold. I would be like, yeah, that's a microclimate, but if within the microclimate you feel something different, I think that could mean something.
1: But there is a lot of shade, though, in that one spot because of the buildings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Nick, what would you what would you I've- say?
2: I would posit that you can have microclimates within microclimates and I've been down the alley and there are different, there's nook, there are nooks and crannies and doors and fire escapes, all that can create different levels of shade. So if you're walking through there, it can, it can dip down a little bit or go back up a little bit, be, do depending on, you know, loading docks or, or, or fire escapes or whatever can, can add to that shade.
1: All right. So lastly, but not leastly, Bob. Leastly. Um,
3: <laughs> I'm with – this one. This is a tough call for me because I'm very well of the story that you're referring to about the whole um, person made it up thing. And I'm very much involved – I've been down that alley too, and I can tell you that there are a lot – there's a lot going on there that can cause extra bits of shade, that can cause extra bits of cold spots. But I'm here to defend it, so I'm with Rebecca (laughs) – case <laughs> you don't have to though i'm not we're not, 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 not because i'm 100 percent in agreeing with the agreements with <laughs> rebecca because how small can a microclimate be right well i mean be, it
0: can be it
1: could be small. underneath the person in a
3: wheelchair the i mean what I'm saying, stop and listen to me stop <laughs> that's a that's a, spots of cold right real yes. real real small spots of cold and they're sporadic Mm -hmm. or it's not fixated in one spot if i have if the whole alley is a little cooler all the time because of all this stuff going on around it right if the alley is they aren't changing anything and if there's not like different construction going on above or around it why is it that there's only certain spots that Move the the microclimate mm. should be asphyxiated at all times in the same spot minus wind patterns and weather changes, but the fact that they're catching it here and there sporadically throughout the alley, and it's not all the same spot that's that's where I'm standing.
1: With. Well, I would argue that the sun moves, and Ooh. that you know Earth is actually a, spear and a sphere, and
3: it is <laughs> a, <sphere, laughs> a, a sphere a sphere yeah. <laughs> a a
1: sphere sphere, sphere. <laughs> that rotates around it's not flat you know oh are you sure yeah so that's how that happens actually (laughs) (laughs) so okay so how are we gonna rate this rebecca what is your rating um
0: okay Uh, so
1: zero zero being that the evidence you don't believe it at all Mm -hmm. 10 being absolutely it's 100 percent true
0: Uh, i'm gonna give this one a seven it was seven i'm I'm pretty strong on it uh because i do feel that there's a time thing
1: Wait, to, that means that you're going towards my side with this.
0: Well, I don't I, I do think that there's sometimes that when people are in that alley and they're feeling something that it's probably shade or the wind or something. But I absolutely think a lot of the tours go there at night, so the sun is not a factor. And yeah. if I'm standing in the same place and I feel a, a cold spot and the person next to me doesn't, like ugh, that's I can't I can't totally dismiss that. I can't.
1: But but like, okay, so you're saying that you pretty much believe all of my evidence here? No. Oh, okay, so then you would go a three, then, or a two.
0: Wait, this now I'm confused. It's oh, the it's opposite. opposite oh, I'm so sorry. I, you know what? Yeah. You talked and I, I didn't pay attention. But <laughs> <What? laughs> you gave the ratings. I'm sorry. I just assumed they Whoa. were the same as we always do. Whoa. I'm so sorry. Wow. So, no, that's a three. That's a three, then. Yes.
1: All right, uh, Nick. How ten. would you respond? <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow. Okay, that was fast too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, okay, um, Bob. How would you respond to this?
3: Uh, three or four, maybe three, three
1: or four. Five. Well, let's go three, three point five. Three point five. Nice. Okay, I'm gonna give it a nine because I think I did a good job.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. so, <laughs> well, all right then <laughs>
1: yeah okay so my next bit of evidence is not a previous ghostly episode although it may be at some time mm. uh, it's about the ghost of mm-hmm. William Rowe William Rowe was hanged publicly outside of the Napa Valley Courthouse now it had some major renovation over the years but many people claim to feel a cold spot at the exact spot where William Rowe was hanged, including some construction workers and an electrician. At first, this went unreported because it was all men and men don't like to talk about their feelings. (laughs) Um, But they believe that they felt the presence of a ghost because of the cold spot. And I just want to point out that this is in California, which is known for having a lot of microclimates. Um by the way, I found this ghost story on the nappa dot com. So um, what would you say, Rebecca?
0: So I would say that it means something to me that it's only in one certain spot, um, a spot where something happened that was uh, maybe could cause a lot of, energy out there um, spiritual energy um, and the fact that these are people that wouldn't normally believe these things right like construction workers electricians you know and it's that again I always this I go back to this when it's so many people that have the same experience I, it's hard for harder for me to dismiss it then it wasn't just like one person who's like I felt cold when I was here so therefore are spirits it's a lot of people and people that don't particularly want to talk about those things um, because they're afraid. So the fact that they they say something, um, I don't know. That it's, it's hard for me to dismiss that. But okay. I haven't seen a picture of the area, so that does make it trickier
2: to gauge microclimate possibilities. It is
1: tricky. Speaking of tricky, Nick, do you want to respond to this?
2: <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. Uh, a couple things. A, um, construction workers and electricians can't be skeptics. Um, they could be are, are, yeah, are skept- Have to be skeptics I mean because it was kind of You were assuming that they're skeptics
0: Well uh, oftentimes they have that reputation
2: I, I, I've never heard that reputation before But okay <laughs> um, My <laughs> other point is you mentioned In the name Napa Valley Look we all know Napa Valley for its wine And if you know anything about grape growing And winemaking um, It's all about microclimates You grow specific grapes <laughs> in different spots Because it's cooler or warmer So that means that Napa Valley in general is going to be full
3: of microclimates
1: wow okay uh bob how would you respond to this
3: um i wasn't expecting to be debating some winemaker today so I'm, uh, <laughs> I,
0: gotta,
3: I gotta prepare myself here no <laughs> i um that's a good question and let me catch my thoughts here because the winemaking really threw me through a loop okay
1: so,
0: but this is not happening at a vineyard. By that's the
3: way. it's not, and that's what I'm getting at. This isn't happening at a vineyard. And the fact of the matter is that you said at the beginning of the story that the building went through many reno- reserva- uh, renovations,
1: renovations, yeah.
3: renovations, renovations. That's the word. Sorry, yeah. it's gone through many reno- renovations. But the fact of the matter is, they're still feeling the same spot where he was hanged. Right. Yes. So why is it that? It's gone through all these changes, but it's still Mm -hmm. that one particular spot that's kind of reoccurring. Uh, Wine or no wine.
1: All right. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah, I would argue that it is in Napa Valley where the wine is being made. It doesn't need to be in that particular spot. It is Napa Valley. But, I mean... I, I already said my part, so I will not debate that any further.
0: <laughs> Very <laughs> nice of you.
1: Yeah, exactly. So let's rate the evidence. Uh, Rebecca, how would you rate this? Okay,
0: now, I, now that I know, sorry. The rating, rating system. Uh, the rating yeah. system for this one. Uh, this one I am going to give a four. I give a, a four. four. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, I because I again, I, it is Napa Valley. So I, I get that. Um, but I don't know though. I, I'm, di- I almost want to say a three though, because uh, Bob, you really did push me with the fact that there's been renovations and nothing's changed. So, mm. Mm. but I, all right, I'm going to go with four.
1: All right, Nick, how do you respond? <laughs> 10, <laughs> 10 <laughs> surprising. I don't think he's ever going to get a, give a
0: different answer.
1: <laughs> Bob, how would you, how would you rate this? A three. A three. Okay. You're sticking with the three theme. Okay.
3: I went 3.5 before. This is a solid Oh, you
1: did. Three. Yes. You did. That is right. This is a solid three. So you believe this more. This is a more.
3: solid three. This, yes. yes. Or believe you
1: believe this, this, this less, actually, I no, should
3: I've, say. No, I, 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 yeah, weird... bi- I'm sorry. I don't buy into the microclimate thing here as much as Yeah. Y- yes. something else.
1: Okay. Yes. All actually. right. Uh, and I am going to give it another nine. So I'm sticking uh, with the nine because I did a pretty good job. <laughs> uh.
0: <okay.
1: laughs> so, my third piece of evidence though has to do with the previous episode, it has to do with Alcatraz. Alcatraz is located off of San Francisco Bay, which is known for having numerous microclimates. Now, everyone knows that one of the first signs of a ghost in the area is a is a cold feeling, right? And we especially know this nowadays because of the movie The Sixth Sense, right? That is when it really came out. You know, but this was something that was well known way before this. What if every story that we heard of in our Alcatraz episode started by them feeling cold? People become more tense and notice things more in an area known for such a spooky history. And then you add on that cold spot, it means that they might have thrown logic out the window after such a shuddering experience. And it could have all been. Known as the San Francisco microclimates, Rebecca, how would you respond to that?
0: Okay, so you're just making kind of more of like a blanket argument, using Alcatraz as an example. Yes. Of when someone, if so, if someone's in a situation where they know it was spooky and they feel cold, then yes. it will that those two things will make them more likely to believe yes. that they're experiencing paranormal things. Okay, so. I don't think that that's true. I don't think that being cold makes you think more paranormal thoughts. Uh, You know, for me, I mean, especially Alcatraz specifically, see our Alcatraz episode, um, you know, people heard things um, and saw things. It really wasn't just about feeling cold. Um, So I I don't know. I mean, I I think people see ghosts in cold and in hot climates. So I, I don't know that the temperature... Is going to change whether or not people see paranormal things.
1: But that is one of the first ways that you know that a ghost is around, right? Is that you start to feel
2: cold. That's like, no. It
0: can be. (laughs) It's not a, yeah.
1: Okay. All right, Nick, how would you respond?
2: Well, a... Alcatraz is like the perfect storm for microclimates. Let's be real; it's sure. in the middle of San Francisco Bay. It's very rocky, and its terrain goes up and down a lot. Mm, um, the nice. buildings are stone and steel, and all of these different building materials. It's been patchworked together in different point at different points in times. It's not all built at the same time. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of wind. Also, uh, talking about hearing things and seeing things, wind makes sounds when it goes through things that can be confused. And there is something to say about if if you're somewhere where something big has happened or something that has that human meaning to it, you do feel some sort of resonance. And if you're feeling that and you hear some weird sound, you know, the human imagination is an amazing thing. It's very easy to put those together and start to believe that you're hearing something specific.
1: Wow. All right, Bob. Are you ready to follow that up?
3: I am, but it's not going to be the answer you're expecting from me. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, as far as microclimates with Alcatraz, I'm actually with Nick on that one. Oh, <gasps> what? <laughs> just that on the microclimate. Happened. Just on the microclimate argument alone. Yeah. Because okay. of the other signs that go on there. It's not necessarily the cold spots that make people believe it's haunted. It's everything else. It's the banging on the walls. It's the ghostly, ha ha, see what I did there? The ghostly uh-huh. yelling in the distance. The you know the weeping and the other stories that go on there. I don't buy, whenever I do an investigation and I paranormal investigate when, with Bob After Dark, it goes hand in hand. Whatever I investigate an area, I always look at where I'm at, what I'm doing, and the history of the place right if i'm on an island in the middle of a bay where i know that the temperature change fluctuates as microclimate i know i'm not going to buy into cold spots being a presence right i'm gonna have to rely on other things to kind of guide me into the direction it's haunted or not so because of the microclimates and stuff i, I can't buy into it because it's it's 100 percent microclimate filled no pun intended and yeah. then if you wanted to buy into um that there is a spirit there right and you were doing something with a cold spot it's really hard to judge is that cold spot a microclimate because i'm literally surrounded by them or is it a spirit so i'm going with on this one 100 percent. yeah you can't argue about the cold spots in alcatraz because the entire place is potential for cold spots
1: All right. Um, So I have nothing to say after that for some reason. I don't know. Uh, So so let's go ahead and rate it. Uh, Rebecca, how would you rate this evidence?
0: I don't know. This is a a hard one to rate because we're sort of talking about Alcatraz, but your argument is really more not just about Alcatraz. Um, So I don't really know what to say. I'm going to give it a five because I think, you know, again, I don't necessarily think that the, a microclimate is is always going to make somebody believe in something. Um, but I do think that, Bob, you make a good point that we should be careful if we're doing ghost investigations, that if it is a place known to have, you know, extreme microclimates or, uh, you know, whatever that you – or you should always take microclimate into your uh,
3: consideration. process,
0: consideration. Exactly. Because it might, it might cancel out uh, a piece of evidence that you think you have. So, I'll say a five. Like, sometimes it might mean something, right. sometimes it might not.
1: Nick, do we have to ask?
0: Um,
2: <laughs> 10. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I knew that was coming. Uh, it just surprised me how you did it. So, um, <laughs> Bob, what would you say? I'm
3: going with a five as well.
0: See?
1: Even though you totally agreed with Nick.
3: Because, <laughs> no, listen, the re- reason being is because it's hard. It's you're like Rebecca said, you're making an argument for Alcatraz, not for the microclimate, I guess. So if I was to, let's say I'm in the middle of a cell and I'm going to be brief about it. Let's say I'm in the middle of a cell and I experience some anomalies around me and then I start feeling a little cold because of it. The other anomalies are coming first and then maybe I'll realize the temperature. I'll I'll pay attention to things around me first that I'm actually able to measure or whatever, and then I'll look at the climate of where I'm at. So I'm going with a five just based on the other evidence that goes on there. In a situation like Alcatraz, microclimates come second, and the cold spots come second. I have to hear other things or see other things before I decide whether or not it is or it isn't. So a five. five.
1: All right. So um, what I'm going to say before I give my rating is that um, so you start off by having this uh, historic place that's known for a lot of bad stuff, you know, and then you add in that you have cold spots all around there. Those are two things right there that might set you off and then might make the other things seem more realistic to you than they actually are. So I'm gonna give this one a 10. I'm with you.
0: You thought you did amazing, huh? I, I did
1: really, <laughs> really good explaining this point. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, so for my fourth and final piece of evidence, I would like to use my ghost story of Monk's Castle, which was a true story that actually happened to me. Uh, was the cold air that I felt there just a microclimate? Now, just some, you know, just some thoughts about this. The monks are a childhood urban legend, as these are Catholic priests, not monks, but I've gone back there several times during the day and felt that same chill, even in the middle of summer. I say it's a microclimate. The church is in the middle of a forest preserve, and I think with all the trees there, there are certain shaded areas that could contain their own microclimate. So, Rebecca, what would you have to say about that?
0: So, I guess I have a question. So, in this yes. case, right? This is where you know, even if you're a believer in the paranormal, you have to pay attention to what's happening around you. So, when you feel the when you felt the cold spot, or when you felt the cold spot, is it just that one air, one little square foot that you're standing that you feel? The yes, cold?
1: yes, okay. it was.
0: Do you see? a shadow on the ground around you, like there's shade from a tree or from a building?
1: Yeah, what's interesting about that is that no matter where the sun's at, I still feel a little bit colder there, just like slightly cold. In the
0: whole, whole place or just yes. in one spot in the place?
1: Just in one spot in that place.
0: So, I mean, like, I'm sorry, so we're talking about the cemetery. Is the whole cemetery feel cold? No. Just no, just spot. that
1: one place that I felt it. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know. I'd want to do some investigating. That seems, yeah. a, I mean, if you can't think of a reason that it would be colder than the area around it, then that seems a bit, you know, I don't know. It seems interesting to me.
1: And this is a known haunted area. That's what people would, would claim about Monk's Castle or St. James of Cal Sag or Sag Bridge. Mm. Um, it's St. James Catholic Church by Sag Bridge or something like that. That's what the name is, really. But Monk's Castle is a known haunted area. It's on Archer Archer Avenue, which is one of the most haunted streets in the world, even.
0: Check out our Resurrection Mary
2: episode if you haven't First
1: yet. episode, yeah. So, Nick, how would you respond to this?
2: So, I have a question about a couple, couple questions, actually. First, yes. the topography of the cemetery, is it very flat, or is it... No. A, it has dips and stuff in it?
1: No, it's on a hill, and okay. it... Yeah, so it's always... One side is always going to be lower than the other. Okay. You
2: know? Um, and then my other question is, is I know uh, that you weren't always a skeptic. Uh, when you first visited, were you a skeptic at that time, or were you... No. No. I okay. was 100% believer. Okay. And here's why I asked that, because obviously feeling changes and like that you can predispose yourself to try to feel things like that. If you're looking for something Uh, which Bob mentioned before, you know, you can get that in your head. Um, The other thing is this idea of sense memory. You, you have a very strong memory of this spot and feeling it show there and then having to run a fear response, a a flight, a fight or flight response, which is going to create a very strong sense memory. So when you return to that spot, even if there's not a shadow there at that, you may still feel that sense memory and bring up that cold spot in your mind.
1: Interesting. I didn't think of that. Um, Bob, how would you respond to this?
3: Um, Actually, I was following suit with Nick again. As a paranormal investigator, part of my job is to understand what was going on at the time and how was your mental state at the time. Not are you crazy or you're not, but... Oh, I was crazy. (laughs) How old were you? Or were uh you...
1: I would say I was seventeen eighteen years old,
3: so you went in there completely well aware of the situation that you were you are going into a haunted cemetery, right?
1: yeah, I so, mean you've heard I mean, of monk's castle right I've been there
3: yeah okay. gonna, yeah, I've been there, I've investigated St James a couple times, and that place is eerie. I will yeah, right. give it that one hundred percent um more afraid of some monk coming out and beating on me, I guess, but <laughs> <laughs> um but no the the thing about it is like there's there's more things going on there than meets the eye right microclimates is such one small section in the you know the array of questions i have to look into or things i have to research or study to figure out what's going on so the climate itself is just one thing and in your situation you're a younger kid going in looking for a thrill more or less and there might be might be you might be more susceptible to believe into that but to Rebecca's point, is it the one spot? Because I know kind of where that spot is that you uh, that you're referring to. Because I felt that same cold spot there, and even what? yeah, true story, mm-hmm. I've been there, and I I have an idea of right where you're talking about too.
2: Yeah.
3: Um. Yes, is it a hill? Sure, and yes, is there a potential for a microclimate to be there? But it's really strange to have the one spot there, and you pick up on it. Um, I, I think it's interesting. Is, have you gone back since you've been a skeptic?
1: Um, Yes. To that exact spot. No, but I have let's been go, back let's
3: to go. Let's go back. Let's go back. All I want right. to take you now. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I want to, I want to see if you pick up on it still.
1: Uh, yeah. So you guys distancing? are talking about the
0: same place. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Churches are closed right now, actually. Oh, well, okay. So.
3: Well, once, the, once this distancing thing is yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, guess... But I,
1: I think it's funny, though, that you start off by saying, I completely agree with Nick, but then you go the complete opposite way <laughs> well, that you, Nick did.
3: Because that's the thing. Mike. It's so hard to argue the microclimate thing, right? Yeah. Right. Um, that is one of the – it's just it, – in the levels of things that I'm a believer in and that I have to – that I go in being like, Oh, that's great. And when I go and investigate a spot, is one like the bottom of the bottom of the barrel of things I'm gonna tend to believe in. One is spirit or spirit photography as far as orbs. Yeah, and then nice. above that would be microclimates, cold spots. Because those are easily, easily, that's the word I'm using. Easily <laughs>
1: easily <laughs> easily.
3: That's my word I'm using. Those are easily explained, right? So that's why I agree with Nick, but in the same regard, it's hard to There's so much I could go into about it. We don't have time for it, but there's so much you can argue for the, the spots of these places. So yes, it's easy to agree with you skeptics on these points because yeah, you're completely right. But in the same regard, there's other things that go into it and why i still follow that same path because there's there's more questions to be asked from a microclimate standpoint absolutely there they could be absolutely just a microclimate but at the end of the day there's other things going on that could explain it once the social distancing's over we're going back to st james (laughs) all
1: right uh so um so what did, what did you say your rating was? We were doing rate. No, we were just doing responses. So let's yes. do our ratings then. So Rebecca, how would you, how would you rate this?
0: Um, this is hard. Um, I'm actually going to give it a four. Like I like, there's just something about the fact that now that Bob says he also has felt this cold spot that like definitely makes me a little bit more of a believer in it. Um, and I, and, I guess, you know, my question too, I was just thinking about it. So it's on a hill. It's like, in that case, I would expect it would get colder as you go down the hill. But you're not saying that. You're saying that just this one spot is cold. So I don't know. It's just really hard to to not think that that might be something.
2: Yeah. All right, Nick, what do you think? Um, Actually, I would use Bob's evidence of feeling it as proof that there's definitely an ability to have a microclimate there. I'm going to give it a nine plus one.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I see. That's you using math against us here. Math is <laughs> math is my enemy. Uh, so, Bob, how would you rate this? Three. OK, I'm going to uh, abstain from uh, voting on this rating this because it was me that was there. So okay. um, but let's do an overall rating, though, on everything. Rebecca, how would you rate this whole thing?
0: whole thing of microclimates
1: microclimates so the question though is what's the question are let me see is is some paranormal evidence really just microclimates and how would you rate this
0: well I mean so the way you've worded the question means that it has to be like an I have to say an eight because yeah sure some paranormal evidence could be microclimates of course okay but I we mean, went
1: over this beforehand. It's not like I didn't tell you what the question was, and no, actually, and figure it out with you. You did not, and I sent you my my script okay, yesterday. That you did do. You did do that part. So, uh, so for you to say this now is like, okay. No, um, I
0: mean, no, I, I but I, 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 no, it's it's the it's the right question to ask, I, and I, I think that it's important to say. Um, On skeptic day On skeptic day That it is innate Because while there might be Certain instances Where I can say Like well no This whole thing Or whatever But you know Sure Absolutely You know We have to be open To the fact that um, Any piece of particular Paranormal I'm trying to get the P's in there uh, Paranormal (laughs) evidence um, Can be uh, a microclimate
1: all right, Nick, what is your overall rating?
2: <laughs> uh, I also feel like I've been hoodwinked by this. No, uh, 10.
1: <laughs> 10, okay. Uh, Bob, what would you say your
3: overall is? As a believer, mm-hmm. I can honestly tell you 100% without a doubt that not every ghost story turns out to be true. Sometimes they. What? Don't. Sometimes they turn out to be a loose wire in the house, or sometimes they turn out to be a microclimate. And because wow. you worded this question as sometimes do they turn <laughs> out to be a microclimate? sometimes I'm going with an eight point five
0: wow.
1: an eight point five so okay, so Bob, what is one story that you would say definitely is not is not a true ghost story or is not is not real?
3: I don't buy into the theater thing only because I know the story that went in behind it. I mean the interior okay. at least the alley. Um, the I haven't been inside the interior of the theater. I've never investigated inside. I've never been in there, but at least that alley story. Yeah. Uh, no, I know. Were you shocked
1: when it. she said that it oh was all made up? Oh, my God, I was. <laughs> I was, too. I was, too. <laughs> I was, what are
0: you doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, were you shocked?
0: I was, yeah. Now, Especially Nick, I, I know you weren't there
1: happen. for that. So, But, yeah, she came clean and said that it was all made up by her.
0: But then, but then continue to say that there's been, she's seen a lot. That's
3: the thing. I, at least for the alley. Mm -hmm. And I mean, maybe there's spooky stuff that goes on in that alley, but the one particular story about the cigarette thing, that's the one where I'm like, Nope, not buying into it. I'm done.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, here's the thing though. Could you say that any spot is haunted and present evidence to say that it was yeah, I mean that's the thing. You can make up a spot and it could turn out to people believe that it's haunted. So
3: was that a was that an argument for believers Pat coming from your mouth?
1: No, it's actually contrary to that. It's a it's a very skeptic idea that any that okay, any any idea we can come up with for a show topic is there's gonna be people that believe that there's ghosts there.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I I misunderstood. I apologize.
1: Yeah. So, okay, that brings us to our closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given 1 minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones to keep each other honest. Uh Rebecca, did you want to go first since I did the whole announcement thing again? Sure. Okay. So, I have my cell phone out. Okay. And I have 1 minute on the clock. Are you ready? Yes. All right, and go.
0: All right, so I do think that microclimates can often be an explanation for paranormal activity. Uh, so you have to be careful when you're doing investigations that you pay attention to the buildings, to the sun. To the topography, all of those six things that we talked about. Uh, I think they'll make you a stronger investigator. I think that they will help your belief if you can um, pay attention to the the climate that's around you, um, and and come up with ways to either you know dismiss that as a an option or you know ignore it and look for other evidence. Uh, I think that's going to make you a stronger investigator. So while I can't say that microclimates are never going to be the answer, um, because they will be. I actually think that knowledge gives us power as believers. Don: you
1: still have six seconds. Left. I
0: know. I finished early right. for once.
1: Okay, so all right, did you want to time all of us then?: no, Sure. <laughs> okay so i think bob should go next
0: what no it's what? Nick, no we right, so have nick, to go in nick. order okay. i just had it
1: in my notes that bob was going next so oh, nick, my go notes ahead. it says nick
0: so okay all Do, right oh i guess not started? okay sorry all right you ready nick yeah sure and
2: go so here's the thing uh, microclimates exist all over the place, we know this, and when people talk about well you know if somebody feels the same thing in that same spot then that 's proof that it might not be a micro that 's the opposite if if a spot is you know vulnerable to being a, a haven for a microclimate which is very likely, um, then more people, the more people that feel it there, the more likely it is a microclimate. Also, you know, I've been to a lot of the places that we've talked about or similar places and felt the microclimates and have never felt or, or noticed anything else that is evidence for a ghostly presence. Um, and then finally, the, the last thing is, is, you know, ghosts don't exist. So <laughs> that's all I need. Mic drop. Ugh. You're
0: done. All right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you could drop your mic. It's your own mic, so you can drop it if yeah, you want.
0: that's, that's on you. <laughs>
1: All right, so should Bob go next then?
0: Bob should go next then. All right. All right Bob, are ready? you ready? I am. Okay, right. and go.
3: Not every ghost story turns out to be a haunting. Not every bump in the night turns out to be a bump in the night. Sometimes it's a squirrel in the wall. Sometimes it's loose wiring. Sometimes it's soil problems with water or whatever it might be. And that goes the same for a cold spot. Not every cold spot turns out to be a ghost. Sometimes it may just end up being a microclimate. Now, with that said, doesn't mean that I'm jumping ship to the skeptic side. It just means that I'm a a person who believes in logic. Mic drop.
0: Okay. (laughs) Wow. None of us need the full time today.
1: I might need it.
0: I would say Pat (laughs) might need it. Okay.
1: All right. right. Because
0: he's doing really well today. So... All right. Okay. Well, that's what you've been saying, that you've been doing a good (laughs) job. Thank you. Thank you for
1: agreeing with me, though. Yeah.
0: All right. Are you you ready? I am ready. Okay. Go.
1: I was on a ghost tour once uh, where we went to a mansion, and I was standing right next to a woman that said that she experienced a cold spot, and it was while there was like an EVP or whatever going on. And I was like right next to her and I was sweating. So (laughs) I I know for sure that she was not feeling that and there was no ghost around there. Microclimates um, can be a starter drug into the paranormal idea that they can uh, add to that eerie feeling. And then given that a place might have some historical relevance to people dying in it, I believe that we are predisposed to then feel that there should be something going on there. And then our minds just fill in the gaps to make us believe these things. I'm not saying anyone's a liar. I'm just saying that it's a misunderstood idea. And microclimates are real.
3: (gasps) Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) Finished. (laughs) (laughs) Well said.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to thank all of you guys for listening or watching. Uh, please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best form of advertisement. I'd also like to thank Nick and Bob for coming on Ghostly. Nick, what do you have going on?
2: Oh, you know, I've got a bunch of stuff going on. Um, I'm still producing Freak of the Week, even though I'm not on it. Um, you know, we, Memoriam Development, which I'm the executive director of, has had, we, we had a bunch of, you know, stage or, you know, live shows scheduled that um, unfortunately have been postponed. Um, but we've been doing live streaming and videos on YouTube. So check us out, Memoriam Development, find us on Facebook. That's where we share all of that stuff.
1: Now, as the producer of um, Freak of the Week, you had a guest on just recently, right? Your last episode.
2: Yeah. Uh, our last episode, actually, um, if you've ever listened to the show, Dr. David Hickney has his counterpoint, kind of like Pat and Rebecca are their, their own counterpoints. Um, David Hickney has his sister, Elizabeth Marin, Dr. Elizabeth Marin, sorry, uh, as her, has his counterpoint. And she was absent for the episode. And so um, instead, he brought in the hosts of Ghostly to talk about wow. the ghost of dave coulier mm-hmm.
1: and we have a clip do you want to tell us anything about this clip before we play it
2: so this is towards the beginning of the episode um and it's it's literally just um talking about the ghost of dave coulier and, and how it exists
1: all right here we go
0: yeah but it's uh they're out there uh, malcolm jamal warner
1: um, yeah, yeah, i
0: believe yeah. he has yes. a ghostly presence out there tiffany amber Thiessen. Yeah. um yeah so it's it's one of those things that you once their career it, it's, dies, it's re- right it's you can yeah. often find their ghostly presence around that's how they they keep their energy
1: okay that's uh that's interesting um mm-hmm. so you're buying this then
2: i generally so I decide at the end of the episode
1: if I believe or not well but- we we let our listeners decide. So you can decide, too.
2: Yeah, I'm going to by decide. By voting this. in the poll. Well, yeah, because we're on my show. So I'm yeah. going to decide. Sure, absolutely.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, we could take a poll on here. You know. Yeah, we'll take a poll of one. <laughs> yeah. We usually uh, <laughs> will rate an app, ep- like, we'll, we'll, we will say how much we believe it on a scale from
2: zero to 10. So normally, like like me talking about my decision, mm-hmm. the skeptic, like, st- skeptic that's normally on, it's just like, okay, David.
0: No, he's not
2: like that. He will fight you. God, why are you so aggressive towards people that believe? I'm
1: not aggressive, actually. I I like people that believe. I mean, it seems like like you're very aggressive
2: towards people that believe. Like, you should be nicer.
1: Okay, so what should I do to be nicer? Be like, okay, David. Okay, David.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Whatever you say. Oh, so you
0: guys. Wow. I could never get him to do that. That's amazing. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I'm a doctor. I guess that's probably why. Wow, oh, yeah. He is a doctor. Yeah, I'm a doctor. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I've, got a, I've got a doctor. So you have M-I-C. to
1: believe someone that's a doctor a little bit, right? Yeah. Oh, that's... yeah. Again,
0: I, I think he's right. There is his ghost is out there.
1: Yeah. It seems like it. And it's like totally not. Why you got to be like that? Because it's just not. I He's mean, got a go- the ghost of David Coulier there, is I out have there.
0: several sightings that we can talk about.
1: Citing, cause several. Cause several sightings several. of the ghost
0: of D- Dave Coulier.
1: Okay, wait, hold on. Uh, hey, Siri, is David Coulier still alive? <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, they're going to have to find out what Siri said. I don't even remember what Siri said about that.
2: I don't remember uh, either because I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. You no, obviously, been there. Pat has yeah. a
0: more um, antagonistic relationship with uh, Hickney than he does with you, Nick.
1: Yeah, it sounds Sorry. like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Nick get along. Hickney, right. I just, I don't know about him. Yeah. But Hickney kind of sounds like you a little bit too. Just like what is you that? know, no, he sounds like,
0: different. He sounds like different. like if you
1: were like, yeah, if you smoked like a carton of cigarettes or something before before recording.
3: That's crazy. And his
1: energy's a little different, though, too. Mm-hmm. I would just say. Yeah. All right, Bob, what do you got going on?
3: Before I do mine, just real briefly, I'm imagining in my head Hickney and uh, Nick here being the yin and yang of the paranormal, with Mm. Nick being super skeptic and Hickney being like super, you know, believer, but I digress.
1: Oh, I would love to see that episode. That (laughs) would be cool. (laughs) Uh,
3: Anyway, uh, what do I have going on other than my normally broadcasted episodes? Nothing. Uh, All my convention appearances have been canceled over the next six months so uh it's well you've been
0: going live though right i've been going live
3: so i'm doing i'm still doing the live show i'm uh my my studio's closed so i'm still doing it right from my office i'm doing live streams every other day just i'm calling them spooky chats they're quick segments that wouldn't make an entire hour episode of my show so if there's like a smaller ghost story or the other day i had some fans write in about like family cultured monsters that they used to scare their kids with. So I would, nice. I talked about oh, that a little bit nice. like
1: the boogeyman. And- yeah.
3: And f- there was the, uh, the squish squish monster, which is an old Naples. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's an English translation. It's not a monopoeia. Oh, ah. um, mm. so, and there was a monster that these uh, grandmas would tell their kids in Naples wow. about this monster. that would come and get them in the rain. So, I mean, I do stuff like that. The wow. podcast is still going strong. Uh, my newest episode just came out Friday. Which um, was about, it was from when I did the recording with you guys at C2E2. But the week before that, I had a very familiar voice on the episode. Uh, Some guy with a beard came on and talked to me about um, the Tooth Fairy. uh, Pick? No, you. Oh, me? What? (laughs) Yeah, you were on that one. Yeah, I was. uh, It was fun. Yeah, it was. I'm still doing the podcast, and I'm still doing live streams. Uh, You can find out about all of that at BobAfterDark.com. That'll redirect you and give you everything that you need to know about what's going on when in my life. For now, at least. For now, at least. And then hopefully hopefully everything will go back to normal soon, and I could be back on the road. Because I miss you guys. I miss being at cons, and I miss being able to talk to my fans. Mm -hmm.
1: And being in person and stuff. It's weird, you know? It's
3: weird. It is so I just want to end this episode by telling by my end telling everybody to please be safe and please be well.
1: Oh, well, thank you, Bob. Uh, so I want to thank you guys for sticking it out through this episode and we will be talking about Jack the Ripper on the next episode Ooh. that comes out on April 15th, which mm-hmm. would have been tax day, but it's no longer tax day.
0: <laughs> That's true. Uh, and I also want to mention we, uh, so Nick, you talked about with memoriam doing mm-hmm. a lot of live stream and Bobby doing some live stream. Uh, Ghostly is going to try to do maybe not live stream, but we we are going to try to do some some videos and some fun stuff while we're all sitting at home you know try to come up with some content for you so uh so i'm excited to get working on that this uh this next week so and so we're going to be in case you guys didn't know we do a uh, walking dead podcast you may have heard something about that uh this episode already and um that's going to be ending soon so we're going to have some more time on our hands to uh create a lot more ghostly (laughs) content uh i'm excited to do that so uh jack the ripper is going to be amazing and uh, uh hopefully we'll have some more spooky content for you
3: absolutely yeah all right right.
0: stay ghostly
3: stay ghostly
1: ghostly. i can't (laughs) say it (laughs) you gotta
0: say you gotta say bye
1: bye